Have you ever heard the phrase, things that fire together, wire together? Hi, my name is Samra Obiselby. I'm the host of the show, Super Awesome You, on the Super Awesome Mix podcast network. You can learn more about us at superawesomemix.com or follow our accounts on Instagram at superawesomemix. If you haven't already left a five-star review, please take a moment to consider doing so. It helps other people who land on our page decide to listen to the podcast, and hopefully they'll enjoy it. So it's a way to kind of share the show and share all these awesome learnings and motivation. You can also just send this to a friend or someone who you think would enjoy it as well, and I would greatly appreciate that because that, of course, is another way to spread the word and hopefully create more awesome people out there. So back to the phrase at hand here, things that fire together, wire together. If you haven't heard of this before, that's totally cool. We're going to talk about it here on the show today. This is an idea of how neurons tend to work in our brain. So neurons are how we communicate in our brain. It's all the different cells that exist there. And neural pathways are essentially different roads or highways or whatever metaphor you want to go with of how data kind of moves and how things happen. If you are like playing a slot machine, for example, this is a very famous example used a lot in research. You know, you're pulling on the lever, you're pulling on the lever, and then every now and then you get a, a win and you win some amount of money. Your brain lights up with dopamine. It's so happy that you won. And it's actually really more to motivate you to keep pulling on the lever because it is thinking like, oh my God, another reward might be right around the corner. Like, what if you win the jackpot on the next pull? And it's super motivating. You are doing that inside, presumably, a casino. So then what's going to happen is every single time you drive past a casino, your brain is going to remember that the last time you were there, you won some money whenever you were playing the slots. And so now every single time that you kind of step near any casino, not just that casino, your brain is going to feel a really strong pull to want to go play slot machines and try to win some money. Because those two things that quote unquote fire together, the presence of being inside a casino and casinos are generally kind of cut the same way, right? And then the thing that wired together is the winning of money intermittently when you pulled on the slot machine and every now and then you won. So those two things fired together, which is the presence and all the sensory information of being inside a casino. And then they wired together, which is the reward of winning money every now and then. So that's one example. Here's one that is really famous. Maybe you've heard of this one. And it's about the Pavlov's dog experiment. So Pavlov was a scientist. Maybe you've also heard the phrase Pavlovian response, like some kind of automatic response. But he had some dogs and he noticed every single time he wanted to feed the dogs, they would begin to salivate right before eating. Super normal biological reaction. We do the same thing, basically. Whenever we're in the presence of food, do you ever notice how you get even hungrier? Like before you didn't see the food. That's why, you know, commercials of French fries and Coca-Colas and burgers and stuff like work because our brain doesn't really know the difference between seeing it on a screen versus having it right in front of us. So it's triggering all those different things in our brain of being like, hey, that looks really good. Aren't you hungry right now? You sure are. You should go get something. <laughs> That's why advertising works. Anyway, so he noticed this in his dogs that his dogs would salivate whenever food was present. And he kind of wanted to like hack this a little bit. So he wondered that if he rang a bell right before the showing of food, what would happen if eventually he just rang the bell? So for a period of time, he'd ring the bell, show the food, the dogs would salivate, and they'd eat. Ring the bell, show the food, dogs salivate, and they eat. And he did this over and over and over again. And then one day, he just rang the bell and did not show any food. There was no food to be found. And what do you know? The dog started to salivate, even though there was no food present. 
I mean, hopefully he eventually fed these poor dogs. I you never know with old school research, it can be really rough, but that's a, a topic for another time. But what was really interesting here is truly the fact that the dogs had the exact same biological response to no food being present only because they heard a bell. That is a really, really powerful discovery because it, it proves this whole point of things that fire together, wire together. Those two things were so close to one another in terms of the brains of these dogs understanding like there was a bell, then there was food. There was a bell, then there was food. Now there's a bell and they are expecting food because those two things were so lined up. Why am I talking to you about this on this uh, whatever afternoon or morning or evening you're listening to this show? Well, I'm talking to you about it because it is a really powerful mechanism to kind of quote unquote hack so that you can get into a mind space, you can get into a headspace that's really helpful, you can maybe kickstart a new habit of yours, you can stop a habit. We're actually going to do like a three-part series on habits coming up here soon. And so this is really kind of laying the groundwork for that. This is kind of part zero, let's say. So I'll give you some examples of how I use this in my own life. There are a number of things that I do where it's like trying to get your brain to kind of be primed for what you're about to do next. I'm going to use running as I normally do because that's always a top of mind example for me. But every single time I have a race day, I listen to the exact same song right before the race is about to begin, basically as I'm warming up for the race. And then I always listen to the exact same song at the start of the race. After that, I can listen to whatever I want because my mood may change. But those two things are really critical. What's happening there is that I am basically training my brain every single time I have a race to kind of get into that race mindset because I hear the song, then I go run a race or I hear the song and I warm up for the race and then I hear that next one and I run the race. What's really powerful about this is that I'm also doing that whenever I'm training. So just on a regular Tuesday, whenever I go for a run for like four or five miles, whatever the case may be, I play that warm up song as I'm heading to kind of the quote unquote start of my run. And I play that first song whenever I do start my run. And I'm training myself to hear those two things and then go and run. And so whenever race day comes around, I hear those two things and then I go on my run. I kind of I have already settled into what I'm supposed to do. My body knows the cue. It understands the cue of the song and is like, great, a race is coming. And I've done this every single day of this, you know, for the last 12 weeks. So this is nothing new. And I feel a little bit calmer. I have, you know, all of my training basically at my disposal, and I have a much more relaxed run. In fact, I have a theory at this half marathon that I talked about in this previous episode. The reason that I had to start walking is because in the first like two or three miles, my Bluetooth headphones basically weren't working. So I did not get to listen to that, those opening songs. And I really believe that there was something to that, honestly, like that kind of disrupted me just enough to where you know, the first three miles of my run, I was so distracted because I was trying to figure out why my music wasn't working. Yay, technology. So other ways that I do this is whenever I have like an important meeting or I'm interviewing for a job or there's something to where I really want to feel more confident going into it and kind of sure of myself, I play a song by Foo Fighters called Dirty Water, which I featured on my Desert Island mix. I still love it to this day. I will listen to that song basically as loud as is safe to listen to and then go right into my meeting or my interview or my presentation or whatever you know I, business thing that I have coming up. I've done that enough times now to where I kind of know, like, listen to the song, go do this thing. And hopefully, you know, like there's been enough times 
where I go and have the meeting and I do it successfully and I feel really good about it, that now when I hear the song, my brain is prepped to think, cool, hear the song, go do a good job, hear the song, go do a good job. And those two things, again, help me kind of feel more calm, more confident and ready for whatever task I'm going to do. The third example comes from a friend of mine and he would always fold up a piece of paper and put it in his shoe so that he could feel it right in his shoe. Like it was folded enough to where you kind of feel like you've got like a pebble, but it's not as uncomfortable as a rock because it's just a flat kind of folded piece of paper. And then he would go and give a presentation. So anytime that he needed to stand in front of an audience, like physically give a presentation, he'd fold that piece of paper, slip it into his shoe underneath his heel, and then go and do the presentation. And more importantly, he would also do that when he was practicing for his presentation. So the brain kind of settles back in. So it's like, cool, I'm feeling that thing in my shoe. That means it's time to give a presentation and do it just like I've been doing it in my practice because, you know, nothing's changed. Like you're triggering all those same kind of like things in your brain to remember, like, I've done this before. I've done it a hundred times. This is no different, even though, of course, you know, it's different because this is kind of the live run. But you are tricking your brain into into thinking that it's no different than all those other times. So this is a very powerful mechanism, this idea of things that fire together, wire together to, again, either build up a habit or to break down an existing habit that you don't like. So over the next several weeks, I'm going to be digging into parts of habits and how they work and how you can basically use them to your advantage to change your life, quite frankly, because we really are kind of a collection of our habits. This week's song of the week is actually the song that I listen to when I'm warming up for my race. And it is such a good kind of amp up song. It comes from the Matrix soundtrack, like the very first Matrix. It's called Club to Death and it's by Rob Dugan. Despite the violent title of the song, it's actually just like an amazing kind of, you know, song to kind of listen to, get into, strut a little bit, stand a little bit taller, feel a little bit bigger than you are. And I have listened to it every single time I ever have gone for a run. It's my opening song, like I mentioned, and it does the job. It's great. So hopefully, you know, if you don't already have a song before you do something big, you like this one and that becomes your kind of amp up song or you have one of your own, in which case, like go to it and use that to your advantage. Hope you have a wonderful week as always, and I'll see you next Tuesday.